What's going on, guys? My name is Jonathan. I'm joined by not one, not two, not three, but five guests on today's episode. I'm really excited about this one. We're going to do the comic book cinema tradition that we do every year around July. We're going to talk about our most anticipated upcoming superhero films and our least anticipated superhero films. We're going to go through everything that's going to be coming out from now until 2027, which a lot of things have been pushed back. And unfortunately, I think that a lot more things are going to get pushed back. We're currently in an unprecedented time. We have a writer's strike that's been ongoing now for a couple of months. And on top of that, now, for the first time since 1960, we also have an actor's strike simultaneously with the writers. How long this lasts is anybody's guess. We can all only hope that it doesn't last that long. But the longer it lasts, the more and more delays we will be getting. We have Blue Beetle coming out in August uh, next month. What do you guys think about Blue Beetle? What's your hype level? I'm very excited for Blue Beetle, oddly enough, considering the state of the DCU. Pretty excited, especially because he's going to be in the DC universe going forward, they've already said. So at least it's not like a waste of time. I feel like that's kind of what the Flash was. It was like a waste of time. I'm more excited than I was previously. Which is interesting because if you're going to reboot everything, why are we keeping the same characters? You know? Yeah. We we need to start afresh. Get rid of James Gunn's wife. <laughs> get rid of John Cena as Peacemaker. As much as I like John Cena as Peacemaker, get rid of the character or recast. You know, we don't need to keep any more characters from the old DCEU. Have they not learned anything? Anyway, what do you think, Josh? I'm very excited for Blue Beetle. Back on my TikTok, literally a year before the film was announced or anything, I was asked, can you fan if you could fan cast and give us any DC project, what DC project would you want? I said Blue Beetle, because Blue Beetle is one of my favorite characters. I have his first appearance in Infinite Crisis, I believe, right there. I casted Zolo. I literally campaigned for him to be Blue Beetle. I had a bunch of videos. I tagged him on it. So the fact that we not only got him, but this movie coming out, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm very excited. But I wish that this was tied to the new DCU and not the old DCU. And also, I was a little bit less excited when I saw the second Blue Beetle trailer recently. And the grandma had the gun. Like I thought that was a little cheesy. But hey, you know, trailers are yeah, I trailers. I thought they showed a little too much. I thought they showed a little too much in the trailer. Yeah, trailers are trailers. And I need to get that out of my head. Like that, that was just a little cheesy to me. But I'm still, for the most part, pretty excited. I was originally excited for Blue Beetle before the current affairs of the DCU. I think that's just extremely disheartened from everything that's happened. Like you say, it must be a full reboot, no soft reboots. I'm not really fully on board with this one, actually. And I think DCU is just trying to emulate Marvel too much. I preferred the two distinctive tones that they previously had. So I'm a bit on the fence with this one now. Was originally excited, now a bit less so. What do you think, Kev? I don't really care about this movie. It's not that I, I'm angry it exists and I'm not, you know, I, I don't want it to not exist. I want the fans to be able to go watch it. But whenever it comes on Max or HBO Max, whatever it's being called now, I'll, I'll probably check it out the same way I did Shazam. That's more out of a sense of duty because I'm a comic book nerd. Not not really because I'm excited. My Blue Beetle is uh, was a Ted Cord. That was the guy I grew up with. So, I mean, like, this isn't a character. I remember when he first appeared, but it's not like a character that I really know very well. I can take or leave it. 
Moving on to uh, Sony's upcoming project, Craven the Hunter. And I'll just say that I am befuddled that this film even exists. It is just mind-boggling to me that Sony continues to pump out these villain films that nobody cares about. We got Morbius, and it was oh, just tragic at best, honestly. Your cinema. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, and, and we we're still, you know, honestly, I never was a huge fan of the Venom films. That's just how I feel about those. So we got the first one, and we got the sequel, and now we're still getting these films. All I will say about this is, audience, people that are watching at home, please do not go out and support this film. We need to <laughs> kill everything that Sony has, except for Madam Web, but we'll get to that later because I actually am just a little bit excited about that one. But anyway, what do you guys think? Am I overreacting? No, I 100% agree with you on that one. I've seen zero of the Sony live action. I haven't seen Venom, Venom 2, Morbius. You're not missing it'll, anything. It'll, it'll be fine, I'm sure. The thing that has made, like, I'm with you. Do not go out and support this movie. Because I said this when Venom was announced. Sony did what Sony does. They gave you false hope of, oh, people didn't even want to go to see Venom at first. They were going, oh, oh we'll maybe see Spider-Man. And Sony knew this. So what they do, they put a little Easter eggs that they knew they weren't going to own up on. And I told people, if you support Venom and it financially succeeds, Sony will try to sabotage the Spider-Man that we have now in Marvel. And what happened as soon as Venom succeeded? Then we started hearing after Far From Home, they tried to take Tom Holland back. And now they knew that wouldn't work because fans started to outcry and it wouldn't make sense. What Sony did was they released more villain, villain films. What they do with Morbius? They showed a Spider-Man poster that didn't even appear in the freaking movie. With this Craven, first of all, it's not even really Craven. Russell Crowe is more of Craven than the main actor is, which is ridiculous. And we are having another film taking place in that same universe with another villain that appeared in one issue of Spider-Man, and it was a, a luchador. Why are we doing this? They don't know where they're going, and they just want to throw stuff and see if it sticks. Like with every other universe... You could say DCE was a failure. You could say the Dark Universe from Universal was definitely a failure. But one thing they all had in common that the Sony Universe don't is a freaking plan and a freaking vision. They don't have a vision. They're throwing stuff against the wall and seeing if it sticks. Absolutely. What are we building up to here? Why are we turning all the Spider-Man villains into anti-heroes? What, what's the deal here? It's hard to take them seriously. Uh, if you look at it as a standalone movie, maybe. But the people are looking for the grander scheme of things. It's... Like you say, it's without Spider-Man, who sort of holds them all together. You can't take it seriously. You can maybe watch it on its own as a standalone movie on its own merits, but, but it's nothing bigger than that, if that's what you're looking for. The trailer, it, it reminds me of of a lot of edgelords way, way back in the day, where I think Sony was trying to capitalize on like the John Wick momentum. And so they're making a hard R, bloody and violent film. It's going to be all sorts of like mindless CGI action that nobody's actually going to be able to want to watch or care about. And I don't think they understand like what what makes us as viewers connect in violent movies and makes us actually love them. You know, it's not it's not necessarily the violence. You know, we care for John Wick as a character. We care for what's the protagonist of the two raid movies. You know, we care for him. The violence is is fun, but it's kind of superfluous to to the characters that we actually enjoy. You know, we like oh, Jackie yeah. Chan 
the, the, the stunts are great, but we care for Jackie Chan as a character. And they seem to misunderstand that altogether. And I'm really disappointed because they have a really good actor playing Craven too, who I, I really like his stuff. I would love to go out and support this movie because of him, because he's a great actor. But it's such a weird try-hard. I understand Venom and I understand Morbius being anti-heroes, but Craven is not an anti-hero. Nope. He is like a mentally ill character in the comics. He has some real dark demons and he's a really dark character. I don't know what they're turning him into, but it's it's not a character. It's not the character from the comics. It's not Craven. I'm not just done with what I had to say. I'm, I think I'm done with yeah. Sony. Sony Spider-Verse, honestly. <laughs> one, thing Sony, one thing that separates Sony from DC, because DC in their Elseworld side of things released a Joker solo film. And everybody was like, how is this going to work? Joker doesn't even have an origin. How are you going to make this a smash hit? Like you said, Spider-Man's the glue that attaches a lot of them together. So erasing him from the equation and not even showing his presence is a huge disservice to the fans and the character and the stories that you're building. Even the Joker solo film knew this. Which is why, even though it's a Joker solo film, they still find a way to tie it back to Batman. Somehow, someway. It's still not without Batman's presence. It doesn't just give you Joker with no possibility of, oh, there could be a Batman that comes up in this world. That's the thing. It makes you feel no, the exactly. impact of the hero and what builds a villain. Sony has a solution for this. Just bring back Andrew Garfield. He's not going to want to do it. They asked him before. He was supposed to get a third yeah. movie after No Way Home. But then like when they asked him his interest... He said he didn't want to come back. And I, even though it sucks because Andrew's my Spider-Man, even though I started with Toby, Andrew always said is the goat of Spider-Man. Like he's like shaping the page to me. Even though it sucks <laughs> that he won't be wanting to come back, after knowing his situation and what Sony put him through and how they did him so dirty, I wouldn't come back either. Out of my own self well, I wouldn't come back They were putting out terrible either. films with him, though. That's, that, that's part of the problem. You know, Amazing Spider-Man 2 is awful. There was only one place you could go after that movie. Reboot. <laughs> yeah, Amazing Spider-Man 2. No, but here's the thing. We were supposed to get an Amazing Spider-Man 3, and they had this whole plan in mind. Whether it be good, we'll never know. He was supposed to meet Mary Jane, and it was supposed to be about him like learning how to let go of the trauma from his parents and losing Gwen and everything and really rising above it all. But the problem is we never got it because the movies, you're right. Amazing Spider-Man 1, 1 was decent. Amazing Spider-Man 2 was a mess. But one constant thing that was always good in it was Andrew Garfield's performance. Some people say that he was a little too cool to be Peter Parker. Yeah, the thing is, Tobey Maguire is the reason people say that. Every time I ask somebody, okay, how is, how is Peter Parker? How is Spider-Man? They never give me 616. They always give me Tobey. I'm like, I'm glad Tobey put the character on, the, on a greater pedestal. But I hate, it's similar with Grant Gustin and Flash. I hate what they do with the character in terms of people's perception. Because when I tell people Grant, they're like, oh, he's the best Barry Allen. Like, yeah, he is out of the ones we got, but he's Wally West. <laughs> <laughs> no, Toby, Toby is a great Peter Parker. Garfield is a great Spider-Man. And I do think that the newest kid, I think, is a good marrying of the two. Mm-hmm. Yes. I really do think that, that Toby McGuire is, like, by far the best Peter Parker. He's not the best Spider-Man. He's not quippy. He's a little too self-serious. But he was a great Peter Parker. Guys, we have November the 10th, 2023. Everyone's excited about this one, right? The Marvels? What do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if I'm in the minority. Like I'm, I'm extremely excited about the Marvels. Really? And I'm, and I'm not 
joking. Even though Captain Marvel is like probably in my bottom ten, maybe bottom five MCU, that's just in terms of the MCU because we have a lot of great movies within the MCU. But sure. uh, I love Miss Marvel. I thought that was a fantastic show. I love that character. I love Tiana Paris as Monica Rambeau and WandaVision. And having all three of those characters together, I'm very excited to see uh, that dynamic between them. I mean, I don't know anything about the villain. I don't even know if they've even said anything about it. I'm just excited for those three characters who I do enjoy. I know people have problems with Captain Marvel. I think some are warranted. I think some aren't. I think it gets overhated on a lot of things. I mean, I've I've seen some bad movies, and I don't. I think that movie is mediocre at worst. I actually am excited for the Marvels. I think the worst thing about the film was Brie Larson, and and maybe not her as an actress, but just her performance in that film was just mm-hmm. really questionable to me. I'll say this. I'm always cautiously optimistic about everything. It's hard to be that way about Craven, but I am definitely cautiously optimistic about this film. I think that it has potential. The The most exciting thing to me is seeing uh, Brie Larson get demoted from being the star of the film <laughs> to being uh, in a group of characters. I think that this will be more exciting in this way. One thing about Ms. Marvel, I didn't like the show, but I thought that what's her name again? The actress's name? Iman Vellani. Yeah, Iman Vellani. Great was job. Great as as Ms. Marvel. And same she's thing. She's going to be writing a Ms. Marvel comic soon. Really? They, they, they've tapped her to uh, co write some sort of Ms. Marvel comic. That's oh, cool. I can't wait. Yeah, she seems like a mega fan of the character. And like I said, she has an infectious personality. So I'm really excited to see her a part of it. We'll see what happens. Maybe it'll be great. I don't know. I'm I've got my fingers crossed. I'm always rooting for Marvel. We'll see what happens. What do you think, uh, Angelo? So for me, I, I I don't know, man. It's when when I saw the trailer, it's kind of like Thor: Love and Thunder situation, where I feel like they're really trying to push it to be funny. Which I get it. There's a kid in it, you know. Miss Marvel's a kid, but some of it has to also be serious. I think Marvel's problem lately is they're pushing comedy really hard, and it's kind of pulling me out of some of the stuff that I want to go see. I think the dynamic of the three of them together will probably be pretty cool. But if it's just like funny the whole time, I don't know how much I'm going to like it. Obviously I'm still going to see it, but I'm not ready to go today. If it was out, I could wait a little bit to go see it. I want to care so much about this movie because I love Monica Rambeau and WandaVision. I love Kamala's character in her show. Brie Larson, as far as her performance as Captain Marvel, the way they captured her powers and everything was cool. But my only issue was Carol was kind of like a charismatic character in the comics, but we got none of that in her solo film. But from what I see in the trailer, she might be evolving into that. My only issue is similar to what Angela said. I get very Love and Thunder vibes. And I always said this about the MCU, that the Guardians movies were the best and worst thing that happened to that studio. Because then everything had to take from James Gunn. And my only issue with that is, and this was my problem, even though people love Ragnarok, I had an issue with Ragnarok because a lot of things that should have been taken seriously were played for laughs. Loki taking over Asgard should have been its own film, but it was played as a joke. He sent your father to an insane asylum, but it was taken as a joke. To the point where when Odin dies, we feel nothing. And we've experienced two films with him. Uh, This situation with the Marvels, it feels like I'm going to have a lot of spectacle, like Marvel's been giving me, but no substance. I don't feel like I'm going to get substance. I'm not, I don't feel like I'm going to care more or less about any of these characters. I feel like I'm just going to see cool fight scenes and flashy colors. And the problem with that is what Marvel took the 
took everything but what made Guardians truly special. They took the comedy, they took the spectacle, but they didn't take what James Gunn really brought to Guardians, which is why Guardians 3 is held in a high regard from a lot of fans now. It had a soul. It had emotion. It had drama along with the comedy, and the comedy was just a bonus that boosted it even more. Yes, you had funny moments with Groot. You had funny moments with Star-Lord and Gamora and Nebula. But what also did we have in that? The weight of Rocket and his old family and what influences him to give the Guardians a chance in the first place. Absolutely. I feel like the Marvels just needs that, but they don't. Probably not going to have it. What you got, Adam? <laughs> I think you know what I'm thinking. One thing i got to say is the trailer did itself no favors. Not for me anyway. So I had a preconceived idea of what this movie was going to be like. And then I saw the trailer and it didn't make me want to see it anymore. Just made me want to see it less, to be honest. Like you said about Brie Larson being Carol Danvers. I don't think she, she tried to be too hardcore. She tried to say, hey, look at me, I'm hardcore. Whereas you got someone like Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. She naturally comes across hardcore without asking to be, if you know what I mean. She just has that sort yeah. of presence. I think that's the one thing that I just can't appreciate or take seriously. But maybe she'll redeem herself in this, as you say, as more of a supporting actress and not the main actress. I have a hard time supporting a movie that includes Captain Marvel, but the Captain Marvel isn't Monica Rambeau. That's my Captain Marvel from growing up. That irritates me that they've made Carol Danvers Captain Marvel. I know she is in continuity in 616 currently, but Monica Rambeau is, is, is the one I grew up with. So, so that irritates me that I feel like they're suppressing her as a secondary character as I think she's Spectrum or Photon or something. Photon. She's one of, yeah, yeah, she's one of her other, other aliases. So yeah, she, she always be Captain Marvel to me. That irritates me. Um, other than that, I don't really care about the movie. Miss Marvel wasn't bad, but it wasn't for me. Like as a, as a 42 year old man, I don't, I don't think that they had me in mind at all when they made that film or they made the show perfectly fine i accept that i think captain marvel was probably one of the worst mcu movies and i don't think it was necessarily a bad movie but it was just very mediocre and and just really poorly executed there's nothing in here really to to excite me possibly hopefully the final nail in the dceu coffin which is going to be aquaman and the lost oh, kingdom yeah. coming out december the 25th what a wonderful christmas present I was a lot more excited about this film a year ago, but now the point that I'm at now after the DCEU that we've gotten, not saying that the flash was bad. I actually liked the flash as a film. I thought it was great. Honestly, I, I know that that's probably very unpopular, but I'm just ready for it to die. I don't find myself excited anymore for any of these old DCEU projects. I just really wonder why they're still releasing these in theaters. I know because it's a money thing that the studio has to make their money, but man, it's just, Oh, what do you guys think? <laughs> Besides all the return performances from all the actors, because Aquaman, I think, is one of the better films in the DCEU. No story that I that may be rumored is exciting me. So besides just seeing those actors play those characters again, I could take it or leave it. Talking about Aquaman 2 is crazy to me that Aquaman 1 was just successful because it's Aquaman, you know? But It's a good movie, though. It is a good movie. It is. But... For me, it's a, like I said before with The Flash, it's a hard pass because what's the point? It doesn't go anywhere. It's just, it's kind of a standalone film because wasn't The Flash supposed to be the end of technically was supposed to be the end? So now it's like a standalone, its own thing. I probably won't even watch it, to be honest with you. I'm going to watch it because I loved Aquaman 1 and Jason Momoa surprised me. And it really shows you what a difference in direction can do for a casting choice. 
And Justice League, I was like, he's okay. Not really Arthur Curry, the king of the seven seas, but uh, I see what they're trying to do to make him cool. But then when James Wan got a hold of him, I love Aquaman 1. <laughs> I was me like, this is, this is my king right here. It's still so, an eight for me. Yeah. So I was hyped for the sequel, but then again, all this DC drama started happening. I like, I actually really like The Flash. I feel like Aquaman 2, James Gunn might take it because he felt the need to put in the after credits that Jason Momoa looks the same in every universe. So he's staying as Aquaman for now. And, uh, God, I hope not. I mean, I wouldn't mind him staying. I wouldn't mind him staying if Gal Gadot stays. Because we got to keep some two people that are familiar with one another. We're going to take what worked and get rid of what didn't work, which is why Peacemaker is sticking around in the first place. And I feel like... If are you saying Henry Cavill didn't work? Not with the way Zack Snyder portrayed him. Oh, so yeah, you don't want to argue with Josh about Man of Steel because he does not like Man of Steel. <laughs> I love Man of Steel as a that movie. The just best not comic as a book Superman movie in my opinion. It's good. Uh, it's it good was movie. amazing. For Superman, no. As like a first off Superman, I can I can dig it, right? But I feel like certain core elements that make Superman Superman were messed up. Like the Kents, I feel like were hard, where it could have been done way better. The, the Whereas, tornado like, death, sure. I'll give yeah, you that. The tornado yeah, and. And the thing is, Zack Snyder took, you could tell he could took a lot of inspiration from Smallville. The problem was, what made it more acceptable in Smallville is that he wasn't in his 30s doing it. And I get the whole New 52 portrayal, like, oh, Superman's not that trusting of humans. But then we go into the fact that, yes, he's not as trusting as humans, but he sees there to be protected. Then he goes to the Kryptonian ship and says the one of the most outlandish things I never thought I'd hear my Superman say. When he's like, if you destroy this ship, you destroy Krypton. The same Superman that took that took the city of Conduct and put it in the Fortress of Solitude. He says, Krypton had its chance, and I got wrecked. And then I was like, but if this is the first Superman, I was like, I'm willing to accept it. Second movie comes, BBS, where Superman is doom and gloom like he's Batman. And I get that you want to challenge him this way, but you have to show both sides. You just can't show all of it being stacked against him. You have to show that certain people do rally for him. That's what helps. You got the Lex Luthor side, mm-hmm. and you got the side that's optimistic because that's what really makes it realistic and feel lived in. When Superman says to Lois, no one stays good in this world, that broke my heart as a Superman fan. And to see him die in the sequel, where the Justice League isn't even time. formed yet, I couldn't do it. And so like, you have all mm-hmm. that baggage attached to Henry Cavill, plus he just turned 40, and they want this to go on 10 years. So they had to recast him. Especially, well, you well, know, look at Hugh Jackman, though. Hugh Jackman's like 54 now, and he's still coming back to play. Yeah, you look off here. He's already a literal god among men. Here's the thing with Hugh Jackman every X Men, even though the continuity is freaking destroyed at this point with how these films connect, <laughs> they try to find a way to find make sure they're all connected. So this Wolverine that we're seeing has been through everything. Whereas in this reboot of DC, you can't do the same with Superman because, like, I was explaining it to my followers. I was like, when it came to Rebirth and New 52 transition, they look the same. They're drawn to look the same. So when you switch roles of who's the main Superman, it's not as crazy and daunting to the reader. You can't do that in live action. So the best thing to do was to cast somebody else that looks like Superman, but a younger Superman. This guy is pushing, he's 29, so he's going to be 30 by the time he finishes Superman Legacy. That goes on for 10 years and you see him. With all these strikes going on. Exactly, exactly. So the script has been done. It's gonna be city five tops. We just yeah. We just we just need to we just need to know when they're gonna start filming. They already got the cast together. Certain ages don't matter for DC, like Guy Gardner being old doesn't really matter because you could do a twist to where, oh, he was Green Lantern for a while and he feels like he's the experienced one, but he's really just an old. Whereas Mr. Terrific is the real leader and the logical one and Hawk Girl's the one learning it and figuring it all out. 
and they're following Superman. Superman and Batman most definitely need to be 30s and grow with the DC universe and they, and it needs to evolve with them. They for sure need to be linked because like the Arrowverse, Oliver and Barry were close in age and you saw them both grow with each other and level each other up. That needs to be the Batman-Superman dynamic. I am sick of these old behind Batman <laughs> that look like they need to be retired already. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I think that they said that was their way of saying Ezra's stuck in that George Clooney universe and he's not part of the main one. Which what I a horrible was thing. Okay. <laughs> Now I've also lost my interest. DCU is dead to me. Or DC, DC in general is dead to me for now. I'm going to give it a break. I've got to be honest. I, I, I am a Snyder fan. I thought his movies were brilliant. I enjoyed them. I know where people didn't like them, but I would have really liked to have seen that out. The, the thing is, Zack Snyder, he takes literal comic book pages and puts them onto the big screen. You cannot deny his artistic talent in, in like, and his action scenes are second to none. You just it's don't get them in other amazing. movies. Yeah, cinematography is just the best. In the state it's in, it's hard to take it seriously. It's like The Flash. It's a throwaway movie. Um, this Aquaman 2, is a, it's pretty much a throwaway movie. As much as they say it's standing alone and doing its own thing, it's like the Sony villain films. It's hard to take them seriously. I think it's appropriate that for a film franchise, which is the bed, the final entry, includes Amber Heard. So I'll just leave it there. <laughs> I forgot about that already. 